Hey, it's Don Amaro here, and before we get started, I wanted to let you know that we'll be discussing a variety of mental health topics on this episode, including suicide. Please head to the episode notes for some resources. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, I'm Don Amaro, and this is Through the Fire, a podcast about overcoming adversity, reframing misfortune, and celebrating courage. On this show, you're going to meet some really incredible people who have been through some heavy stuff, but they've come through the other side, and the hope is that you're encouraged and inspired by the words that you hear. Believe it or not, here we are at the end of 2022. I want to just take a minute to say thanks to all of you out there who have been listening and following along through our podcast series so far. I want to say thank you, especially to our guests as well, who have taken us on a deeper experience of their journeys and and the fires that they've faced in their lives. I'm so grateful for them, and and, and this show wouldn't work without them. Uh, And also, this show would not work without the incredible team of people around me who I'm always quick to thank because, um, you know, I'm one part of this this podcast that puts it together, but there really are many hands at work to make this work. It takes a village, uh, and I know it so well, and I want to thank my village for, for helping me do this as well. We are going to take a little bit of a break over the holidays and spend some time with our family and our loved ones. Usually they're the same <laughs> family and loved ones. Um, hopefully you're doing the same over the next little while uh, and, and just taking some time to rest and relax and enjoy the people around you, enjoy the stillness that this season can sometimes offer. But I also want to acknowledge that this is the time of year that can be really difficult for some. And this episode, I hope, will serve as a reminder that you are unique, you are loved, and help is always available. I hope that you know you're never alone. My guest today is rising Canadian country artist Jade Turner. She's a friend of mine and a proud member of the Mississippoistic Cree Nation, who's here to share her mental health journey. Hi, Jade. Hi, Don. Thanks for coming here today. <laughs> Jade, I, you and I have known each other for a good number of years. We both sort of grew up in the music community in Winnipeg for 10 plus don't, don't years? talk about okay. that, how many years. For a while. For, for a, while. a while, yeah. Not only that, we also have a child growing up at the same time right now. Yes. Do we not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how old is your little guy? He just turned three. Just turned three. I, I should know that because they were the same, same age. They were supposed to be born the same week, I think. Yeah. 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 Your boy just came too early. Too early, yeah, yeah. He, um, my little guy just started riding a bike. Can you oh, believe nice. it? Oh, nice. It's crazy. He's So we had one of those balance bikes this year. And uh, he rode it for a while, and then he was flying on it. So I just said, let's try taking your training wheels off your other bike. And he had it immediately. That's amazing. Which was nuts, because he's, my other kids were, my, my seven-year-old daughter just finally got it. Yeah. So I think he put the pressure on her to figure it out. So it's been... Uh, That's been really crazy. early, actually, yeah. I think. So we got That's three. Funny. You got one. I've got one. How many more are you going for? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Don. <laughs> It's a, I'm good. It's I'm a trip, good with my isn't it? baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has yeah. has he inspired some some songs? Yes, of yeah. course he has. Yeah, I've got a song called "Stay Wild Child" that I wrote specifically for him. Mm. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, these are big years. Hey, like like right now, kind of absorbing those as much as you can. And yeah, he's they're grow. He they grow so fast. Like I just can't believe how much he's grown already. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like watching him get too big for his bed. <laughs> <laughs> I get sad. So is he still in his toddler bed? 
Yes. Yeah, but so yes. you're having to think about upgrade. Yes. Next level. Yeah. yeah. How long has he been in his own room? We're, sorry, we're just a couple not, of parents catching up here. He's That's not in his own room. Oh, he's not. He's not. No, oh, his dad. Okay. Him and his dad are in one room, and I'm in the, another because I wake up at five in the Different morning. Different shifts, right? Yeah. And yeah. his dad refuses to let him sleep in his own room. Just absolutely oh, okay. refuses. He's like, a, like a really attached to him. <laughs> His, his dad's attached his to him. His dad is okay. very attached so, to him, and he will not leave that room. I've also heard that other cultures around the world think it's crazy that we put our kids in another room yeah. and let them sleep by themselves. I can and, see that, though. Yeah. 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 A friend, so a friend of mine went to India, and he, and he said, wait a minute, you're telling me that your kids sleep in other rooms? He's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, so do you, and is, is it true that every family has a vehicle? And he says, actually, it's true everybody has two. Yeah. You know, mostly has two. We don't, but... Um, you know, it was just this this harsh reality that that this Western way of living is so different from yeah we have indigenous a lot cultures of shit. around the world. Like like a lot of uh, material stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so done with one kid. Um, I want to I want to go back a little bit with you, Jade. Um, this is after all through the fire. Sounds like you're in a good place now. But mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind going back and tell me what it was like for young Jade, I, I always thought, I said it earlier off camera. You, you were from Grand Rapids. You said no, I, I, you didn't grow up there. You've moved like 17 times. You said yeah, right? I think I moved 17 times by the time I was in grade nine. Actually, um, mm. I can't really remember specifically, but I lived all over northern Manitoba. Um, my mom was a nurse, and so she moved constantly in just all the different remote reserves and yeah I was always the new kid um, I was mm. the only kid in my household with her so um, you have no siblings not for my mom I didn't okay. have um, my sibling didn't come until 13 years later I was 13 when he they came mm. so um, but my dad there's a lot of us okay, okay. <laughs> there's six of us so did you did you your parents apart separated yeah okay yeah. and so your dad did he also work? Was he working? Yeah, my dad was there? chief most of my life, actually. Oh, chief I of Grand Rapids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was always back home, you know, during the summer times or um, weekends or whatever. I was always back and forth from Grand Rapids to wherever I was living. But um, I didn't, I think I've only lived there maybe seven of, seven years maybe. I'm not even sure. Right. And then I, when I was uh, working, I was working there also at the generating station for about eight years. Right. So, yeah. So, what, what is your, your, your day job? What is that? I'm a millwright. Millwright. <laughs> yes. I don't know what that is. It is an industrial mechanic. Okay. So, um, I did I'm see your toolbox on Instagram the other day. Yes, it's a very big, <laughs> very expensive toolbox. <laughs> Are you looking for sponsorship? Is that what you're doing? I, I really wish. <laughs> oh, my God. Mac, please sponsor me. <laughs> so, what does that work entail? Um, well, before I was. Um, working in a generating station. So I worked as a mechanic, but I also worked as a station operator. So we were um, basically, it's so hard to explain if, you've, if you don't work in right. within Manitoba Hydro, mm. but I'm dual traded. Um, and now that I had my son, I couldn't work the shift work anymore. It just didn't work for the family. So I mm. currently work in Winnipeg at a machine shop and it's okay. seven to three thirty, and it's great. Manageable. I'm home every, yeah, I'm home mm. every night and, um, they're really good with uh, giving me time off for music, and they're mm. very supportive, so that's good. How long have you been working with the company? 13 years. Okay. Yeah. So you got some seniority there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I want to get into it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know about this either, but I didn't know that your dad had taken his own life. My stepdad. Your st- oh, your stepdad. Yes, okay. my stepdad. Yeah. So my sibling's dad. 
Um, he took his own life when I was thir- thir- no, 15, 15 years okay. old. Yeah. Um, were you close with him? Yeah, yeah, I was because they were my him and my mom were together for about six years prior to that. Okay. Um, so it was, and then we also, he also had his son living with us at that time too. So I had a stepbrother that had to go move away from us as well when that happened. So I lost both my stepbrother and my stepdad mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and prior to that, uh, it was it was really a, it was a really strange experience because his. Um, the fact that he took his own life actually saved me from doing the same thing because I didn't see that side. I was very selfish on like how I felt. I didn't right. think about how my family waves, would feel yeah, yeah or what happens after. Um, mm. I was very lost being the only child for a very long time, moving around all the time. I was extremely bullied in all these, a lot mm. of places. Um, and then also, like just recently finding out that I have ADHD, I also had ADHD on top of that. So that was, I was trying to manage everything, not knowing, right? Mm. Um, and then, uh, so when that happened, I, I had no choice but to see the other side of things of what happens after that, what happens to your family when you do that. Mm. And I can't imagine doing that to them. So that saved me in so many ways. It was horrifying, mm. it was horrible. Um, but it saved my life. So your stepdad. Yeah. Um, was he battling depression or any sort of? I didn't in know his own because life, I was or? a teenager and I wasn't paying attention, oh, right? Okay. Um, so I I didn't know that he was. I was not expecting that. It came out of nowhere. Right. I remembered being like the last day of school and I was supposed to go to Winnipeg to go sp- spend uh, a week there and shop and you know like it was, brief for summer. Yeah, for summer, summer it was the last day of school. I lost a grade grade nine. That would have made summer really hard. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, and then, so you said that it saved you. It sounds like you were also dealing with I was suicide. extremely suicidal before that, yes. Um, I had really bad depression. Um, I had really bad outbursts. Mm. It was a lot to deal with. I was very angry at mm. a lot of things, uh, the way I grew up and being bullied all the time. And Why were you moving all the time? Why, was, why, why so many moves? Um, we were moving, my mom, it was my mom. My mom was yeah. taking me to all these places. Uh, she was working as a nurse. Oh, I see, um, okay. So she just wanted to work for her, you know, for our people. And uh, doing that, she went to uh, all the different reserves and mm. I was, yeah, moved around quite a bit. So that, that would have had a, probably a big toll in terms of you just in, in your community and your ability to connect with people in, in each yeah. place. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, yeah, a lot. You know, if you don't mind me asking, like for you, uh, this idea of these suicidal thoughts, tendencies, um, was that something you ever like um, tried to act on, or was it? Was there any? There was a few. Did you have some plans in place? There was a few incidents. Yes. Um, mm. One specifically, I know I, I took a whole bunch of pills, and my family didn't know about that for years. But mm. I woke up, and I was very angry when I woke up. Like, why? Mm. Why didn't they just? Why didn't? God or Creator just take the pain away, basically, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know how old I was. I must have been maybe ten or eleven. I'm not even sure. I was very young, um, but I remember waking up very angry about it. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, that's hard for me to hear because I got a ten year old, mm-hmm. and I think how heavy the, our lives could be 
but we, my wife and I, we work so hard to like give our kids perspective and, and hope and light and love and all these things. And, and not that your folks didn't hopefully, you know, instill some of that into you, but just the idea of thinking of a, somebody so young, young Jade. Mm-hmm. There you know. was there was a lot of love in my family. My me and my family say I love you even if we were leaving the house or getting off the phone. There was a lot of love there. Um, unfortunately, all I heard was the kids at school telling me, you know, right. I was whatever I whatever they felt like telling right. me that day. Um, I was literally fighting my way through life uh, yeah. every single day at school, and I don't think the adults really knew how bad it was. So you're you're battling that these thoughts. In some some instances, actions mm-hmm. to harm yourself mm-hmm. and essentially end your life. Your stepdad takes his own life, and you think, "Wait a second! I don't want to have the same kind of effect that that had on my community, on my family, and people around me." So that, yeah, in a strange way, yeah, helped you see. I would what never, not yeah, I, c- I could never hurt my family that way. Mm-hmm. That's all I kept thinking about. Because right. I was very angry with him and I still have a lot of... Um, resentment? Resentment against him for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pain it causes. Yeah, and just the... But, you know, and it's been years. But um, you, growing up the way that, you know, in Indigenous communities in general, there's so many suicides. And there was, I mm-hmm. think, four around that time not just in my family, but like my friend's family or something mm. that were going on. And uh, I was just angry. I was angry for a long time. And I would get angry every single time that somebody would do it. Like, why would you do that? But mm. then I would remember like, okay, I was there and I didn't see that other end. The other end what happens mm. after, right? Like I, I didn't see that. I, all I wanted to do was end the pain. So it's, it's a little bit selfish. I was a little bit selfish that way back mm. then, but I didn't know better. So I was just trying to, you know, feel better. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Have you ever had the opportunity to, to talk to young, I'll say young Indigenous no, people I haven't. about um, this? No, I haven't. No, I, I have done a few, um, you know, conferences and stuff mm-hmm. and I, where I told my story uh, through Frontier School Division. Um, but I haven't done it in a while. Mm-hmm. But when I did do it, it was, yeah. What's the what's the words that you would say to somebody? Say to young Jade. What would you what would you wish that she had? The words that she knew. You're worth more. That's one of the main reasons why we wrote Worth, mm. my song Worth. There was a suicide pandemic going on in um, Cross Lake that time. That I, I wrote that. that, and I remember just uh, I had this. I was traveling back and forth between Selkirk and Grand Rapids at that time, and. Um, I remember just like stopping on the road and just crying. Mm. And I had to get there in, for a night shift. And when I got to the night shift, I wrote that song in like 10 minutes mm. um, of what I would have wanted them to know or what I wanted, what I would needed to hear when I was that age. Mm. And, um, you know, that's 
that's a big word. Worth is a big word, yeah. and it's hard to find. Yeah, especially so. if you're feeling like the resounding, and I think this is often the case, you know, even I, in a small way, I often think about what we get to do as musicians, and I can sing to a crowd of people, and everybody can be singing my song, and I can see that one person who's like not in it, and I'm like, and I, that's what I focus on, yeah. right? We, we, I think our human condition is just to focus on the negative, right? And yeah. so, um, I, I want to know also, like when you, okay, so you're you're in your mid-teens, you're feeling like you don't want to cause that kind of harm to people around you because you care about them too much. Where's your mindset now on that? Is it is it still the same place? Have you? Would you say that 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 sort of frame of mind uh, of of um, self harm is far from your mind now? You know it was, and then. It sounds really bad, but I, I had my son, and I got really bad postpartum depression. Right, yeah, it's a thing. And I thought that I, there was a there was a period of like five, five or six months where I was like, I had to tell my family like, hey, I've been having suicidal thoughts, and I know that it's not, I won't do it. So you know, but I right. do need help here, because yeah. there's something going on. Um, and that's when I was diagnosed with my ADHD. Um, mm. And then on top of everything else, you know, the postpartum and everything else. Um, and that was huge for me. And it helps. But but I had, I had already been dealing with, you know, this the depression for so many years, not knowing that it was ADHD. So when I got that um, that diagnosis, it was kind of like, oh, OK, so I'm not just I'm not just crazy. You know, it's not just mm. me. There's actually something there that I need help with. And so that helped a lot. Um, but at that time, I felt like, uh, I felt like almost like it would be better if I wasn't here. But I knew that that was just something chemically that wasn't, that was imbalanced, right? Right. So I got, like, I reached out as soon as it started happening. And I would mm -hmm. talk to everybody about it. And I got started getting my own time. And then I realized I had sensory overload issues and <laughs> that was huge having a yeah. newborn you know of course oh, I, um, I, know I went from 30 something well. years of not having anybody right Depending there on you, yeah. Yeah, yeah to having you know a baby crying all the time and i had to hold him and there's just, there was a lot that i had to get used to and um you know take a step back and now i know i need sometimes i need my own time and sometimes i mm. need you know, I know I know what I need now, I guess, to help it. Right. Um, you said something that I think that's really important to highlight there is you, you saw these things happening in your mind and you reached out to people who you know care about yeah. you and say, I need help here. Mm -hmm. I wonder if for a lot of people they don't take that step because there's this sense of pride and like, oh, I, I'm not, it's not that bad. I think they're in denial a lot of times, but also the, maybe people don't believe them. Maybe they they think mm -hmm. that it's you know, it's um, a way of getting attention right, sometimes. Because right. I hear I hear that a lot. Mm. Um, you know, oh they're just whatever getting trying to get attention. But no, most of the, I don't think anybody ever wants that kind of attention. Well, I think I think this this term postpartum depression. It's always been a term that we've all known. But I think more I would say more recently it's been one that that has been taken a lot more seriously. Yeah. I think it should be taken years. very seriously because yeah. it is a very serious problem. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a huge change for, you know, a woman to go through having a child and, and then having that happen. It's very scary. Mm -hmm. It can be very scary. And, you know, I feel really bad for a lot of moms that are on their own. No doubt. When you, when you look back uh, at that time in your life when you're starting to, I think maybe, uh, again, maybe I'm interpreting it on the, my end, but but maybe picking up some of the pieces to figure out who, who Jade will be in the future. 
was there things that you were like, I'm going to grab onto this, I'm going to do this, music, these are the things that I'm going to kind of cling to? Yeah, I had to go back. You know, I've always had music, and music has always been a huge um, outlet for me. Ever since I was a kid, I mm. remember, um, you know, one one town specifically where it was really bad. The bullying was really bad. So I decided to, uh, I ran into the bush for an entire week. Nobody knew. I would, I had a watch because we didn't have anything else back then. Um, and it was middle of winter. I would put all my ski pants, everything on. I think I was like eight maybe. And I would run into the bush all day, sit there and sing to myself. Really? Yeah. And then make it back when the bus was supposed to be back. And So you uh, weren't going to school? No. You were, you were running no. up to sing? I ran off and I didn't want to be at school, so that's where I went. And that was my, um, I've always gravitated towards music to heal me. And mm. uh, that's, I, I take that very um, seriously now. I know I need that in my life. Mm. There's, I don't think there's ever going to be a time in my life where I'm not going to be writing or singing or, you know, dancing. Mm. <laughs> me and my son dance at home a lot. Yeah, yeah. What is and, he like listening um, to? You? He's... Uh, he's addicted Does to powwow. Does he like Pow Pow. Pow at all? He, yeah, yeah, he loves Pow <laughs> He listens to powwow. It's he's addicted, like yeah. completely addicted. He will listen I saw to a video of him drumming. any kind of ceremony songs all day, even if there's no mm-hmm. ceremony songs going on. He'll find his drum and he'll start drumming, or he'll find a stick and start drumming on the ground. Like mm. he is literally addicted. It is so funny. Oh, that's great. Um, and he he because he's been nonverbal so far. Um, you know, he has a couple words here and there. He sings mostly. Mm. Mm-hmm. So and we've I've noticed that it's a huge uh, like he'll I, I when I started getting him to sing words, that's when he started saying them. Interesting. Yeah. So he's very all about the music as well. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Really, it's really cool to, <laughs> to be able to see that pass on through generations. Yeah. Like my my kids all love music, but my daughter really has something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know how she does it, but she. She writes all the time. She's always creating new songs and lyrics. And That's awesome. She's very artistic, and it's really cool to kind of see that coming out in her. Yeah. Um, it's cool that you're able to kind of even, I think because of your upbringing and the things that you've gone through, I venture to guess that you're able to give your kid, your, your son, the gift of the things that you didn't have necessarily, or, or maybe see the world through through a lens that, that you didn't have at his age. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. That's all I can hope as a parent is just to be there for him no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would hope that he wouldn't have to go through the traumas that I had to go through. And I'm going to do everything in my power that he that he doesn't. So mm-hmm. um, that's all we can do as parents, I think. Yeah. Try our best. Yeah. That's the truth. And, and he's lucky to have you. Thanks. As his mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's what's the next thing for you? What, what's what's going on in the next chapter for the next chapter? Jay oh my goodness, I don't even know what's going on in the next few days. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you I'm just gonna keep writing, um, co-writing with people. You know, working on new music. I got your text the other day about writing. Yeah, yeah. Murray said we should write, so I was like, okay, let's do that. And then <laughs> it's on camera never, now. We have to do. Yeah, it. we got to do it now. It's written in stone. <laughs> We're gonna do a bunch of co-writes and work on a new um, project. And uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm. I love music. It's mm-hmm. just so fun. And then also meeting everybody in the music industry. I think that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I've never really felt like I found my place until I was in the music industry, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Amp Camp, those kind of places. I was I like, know. oh, these are my people. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Amp Camp, if those of you don't know, is a, 
Aboriginal Music Program, which is now the Indigenous Music Program, mm -hmm. uh, great place where, where artists like you and I kind of cut our teeth in some ways to kind of take the next step of our career and really was integral for to help getting us to this place. So, yeah, 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 and there's like artists uh, across the country that are invited and it's, we spend a week together and it's just mm -hmm. amazing. It was, an, it was an incredible experience. So Jade, something I love to hear as I want to know what's inspiring you. Is there a book, a documentary, a podcast, uh, an album, something that you're listening to these days or watching or reading that you're drawing inspiration from? I draw my inspiration from literally my own feelings because I get so lost in my own thoughts <laughs> that I have to write them down. <laughs> I inspire myself. <laughs> With like my son or my husband or, right, you know, right. things that go on or like somebody else's breakup. Right. Well, that, that resonates with me because I've always said as long as you're living and breathing and yeah. watching, there's another song to be written. I like, need to live, written, yeah, written, yeah. Yeah. I need to go out there and live and hear other stories. And, you know, I'll probably end up coming away from this week with a bunch of ideas just from hearing other people's stories and songs and everything like that. I draw inspiration from all my peers, I think, um, too. And, uh, yeah, there's there's so much good music out there. I love Morgan Wade right now. Mm, I've been Wade, obsessed yeah. with her for over a year now, mm -hmm. and um, I think it's becoming a problem. Okay, well... <laughs> But I'll she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morgan, Morgan Wade and yourself. Yes. Be inspired wherever you can get it, folks. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I know we talk about some pretty heavy stuff, and, mm. uh, and, I'm, and I'm grateful that you're able to kind of unpack some of that for us. And I think, again, hearing your story and some of the things you've been through and, and how you got through them are, are key. And, and you know, the, the idea that you... Um, that we can draw strength from tragedies elsewhere sometimes. Yeah. It's a strange concept, I think. Mm -hmm. But even, you know, in the last couple of years, we talked about it with COVID. Even with COVID, like, as hard as and as awful as it's been, and, and, you know, none of us wish it had ever happened, but there's been a lot of really incredible things that have come, come through tragedy like that. Yes. And tragedies like death and, 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 and suicide. And um, I'm I'm grateful that you're here. And Thank that you. And you, uh, you fight every day. And... Uh, not just for your son, but I think there's stories and songs and, and, and life that you have for us uh, to draw from. So thanks, Jade. Thanks. Yeah, pleasure. I appreciate that. Well, believe it or not, that was the last episode for 2022. I want to just say thanks again for listening and coming along on this journey. There's more to come in the new year. And uh, if you want to follow along through the Fire Socials, which we link right here in the episode notes, we'll share more about what's coming up in 2023 and, and more conversations that we'll be having in the very near future. You can always check out the mental health resources on our website at donamero.ca. Looking forward to sharing more time and space and conversation with you in the near future. As I always say, it takes a village to run things here at Through the Fire. And I want to thank my village, executive producer Sarah Burke, administrators Lori Brown and Alan Grayeyes, video and audio design by Chris Godry and his team at 44 Films, Feisty Creative for their design work, social media support by Johnson Design Company, and last but far from least, I want to thank our technical producers, Matt Kundal and Evan Serminski from the Sound Off Media Company. I look forward to sharing more great conversations just like this one on the next Through the Fire. You see the light. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. 
Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com.